0: Okay, with the filmmaking team of *For I Am Dead*, uh, Al Nazemian, who is the producer and lead actor, and Patricia Delso Lucas, who is the director. Patricia's in Brussels. Al's in uh, New York City. How's it going, guys?
1: Good, good. Thank you.
2: Going well.
0: So, very interesting film. 18 minutes, short film. Uh, Really, it's about a. Kind of like this wealthy, kind of lonely guy living in this big thing castle. Middle aged guy, and uh, he basically is going to confess his love for his uh, for his uh, gardener one love before he passes away. Correct? Yes, correct. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, you got it.
0: So <laughs> not everybody. Not everybody.
2: Not everybody gets the film.
0: Not everybody gets the film.
1: Yeah, because as you see, there's. Um... You know, what's happening is because, of course, the film, the story is set in the 1800s. Yeah. Where, of course, it was a complete impossibility to have any kind of romance with a person of the same sex, Yeah. which uh, nowadays, of course, is very different. But at the time, it was a complete impossibility. Mm-hmm. So what happens is like um, Oscar, the main character, is gradually losing his mind. He's, uh, more and more deep into his turmoil, into his anguish of being unable to be who he is. Mm -hmm. So then what happens, like reality is starting to be twisted. So we see his surroundings through his eyes and the other character, the gardener, that uh, Oscar is in love with switches uh, identity between the loving, kind, loyal gardener and death, the devil. Who's yeah. coming here to kill him you know so that's why it's quite it's not a straightforward narrative
0: no it's, a, it's, it's a definitely an interesting film that's for sure you're you're kind of hooked into this character like who seems it's like a like it's like he seems that every everything but of course he has nothing i guess right yes
1: sorry, say that again
0: i said he seems to have everything but of course he has nothing that's sort of the contradiction he has
2: all the shallow he has all the you know things that are you know the trap but he doesn't have the real what he really wants yeah
0: so he's never lived a never lived an honest life in a sense i guess right never
2: he's never been who he truly authentically is he's never been his authentic self until this moment until this moment
0: and yeah, and from uh yeah, from to the, yeah, that's sort of the payoff. So basically, but that's sort of the 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 what we can identify with as a as an audience. We understand a lot of us can relate to that kind of journey, I guess, right? Like trying to be ourselves, but then getting caught in the vortex of who our parents want us to be or who are, who you know what I mean? Exactly. Like what society wants us to be or
1: exactly. Yeah. Because it goes beyond, it goes beyond the, uh, of course, the LGBTQ theme is, it, it just applies to everything because what is wealth in the end? Is wealth, you know, your material possessions? Not really, you know, wealth is being satisfied with your life. And that's a much more complicated uh, path, you know, life path.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you, you wrote the screenplay and so yes. what, would, what, 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 what inspired you? What was the inspiration for writing this?
1: Well, it was quite an unusual process for me because usually I have an idea that I develop, so on, and then I do the casting afterwards. But in this case, I met Al um, at the main media workshops, uh a few years ago and we immediately clicked and then i decided that uh, i would i proposed to write a role for him so that he would come to brussels to to belgium or actually not brussels to to shoot it with me and he agreed so that was the initial seed of the project but then i had to write the role right <laughs>
0: <He was laughs> so- muse, in a sense right
1: so, so I was researching for about three months. I was reading uh, Victorian literature at the time. I was looking at films that were set up at that time in uh, that um, period. Uh, and, and I was of course taking notes here and there, but I didn't really have a script that I could send him. Right? And then one night I always say the same story but that's how it happened. One night at 4 a.m. I woke up because I, dra- I dreamt the film I had the from beginning to end the full <laughs> uh, film and yeah I took the laptop I started writing and I remember I finished as the sun was rising at 7 a.m. or something like that and yeah so in the end the inspiration was I cannot tell you somewhere in my subconscious
2: she dreamt the film she yeah. she had she dreamt the film heard, yeah exactly so, I've never had someone dream a film for me. <laughs>
0: I this is, I've heard this on this particular podcast like a few more than a few times. It's like because it's like your because it's your 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 brain. It's like it's like getting out of your conscious mind, right? Like you're kind of trying to come up with the idea. It's on the surface, but it can't come out consciously. Then it comes out on your dreams. So exactly. you're one of the lucky ones who can who can remember their dreams. That's and that and so you. That's sort of what happened, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Actually, and it's it's uh, well, it's a gift, but it's also you know sometimes not so pleasing when they are not good dreams. In this case, I was lucky.
0: (laughs) So after, let me ask you a question. So after you wrote the screenplay, you had this inspiration. Did you have any doubt afterwards? Like, was there any doubt, or were you like fully confident that this is the film to make?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It was so vivid. I could imagine it. It was so incredibly vivid. And then when I sent it to Al he loved it so because of course that was the second part he needed to like it so yeah, <laughs> otherwise yeah. there's no deal right <laughs> yeah. so he loved it and uh, yeah i was i was convinced since the beginning i i don't know there was something in the because i was going around in circles about you know being experiencing rejection not being loved what does it mean to love and what is consent what is you know is it enough to love somebody mm-hmm. is, is, does this give you the right to express that love just because you feel it or not you know how does the person who received the love is going to react you know what's allowed what's not so i was going around with all these questions and but with no answers of course and then yeah i guess it all came together yeah at that night when i dreamt the film but i do think that the film still ask all these questions because I'm not giving any 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 moral of what you should do or you shouldn't do. I'm just portraying the anguish of this character because he's living his entire life in, in, in a prison, right?
0: So, okay, so the film, you got the screenplay, you got the lead actor, great role for an actor. Obviously there's a huge arc, character arc and journey. Uh, so the, the the other main uh, feat is for your film is that you, is location. I guess you needed to find this yes. exterior and interior of this kind of mansion. But then the way you shot it was kind of dark and uh, and gloomy inside. So and you had some uh, some natural lights with the candles. So where where did you find the location for the interior of the film? Well, um,
1: that's one thing is when I when of course when I read the script I was like okay now I need to find a mansion or a castle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> with low budget, you know, like, how do I do that? (laughs) So, so, so luckily, because I live in Belgium and we are very close to this particular mansion is very close to France. uh, We are lucky enough around here that there's many mansions and castles of that type that are are, um, public property. Actually, they belong to the state. So they are relatively accessible and you can get, permission to film so 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 what i did is i contacted the the belgium film commission and i explained you know this idea you know my script i have actors coming from the states and uh yeah and finally this was the the mansion that that actually well because uh, dominica uh, who is the the director of photography she came to do the location scouting with me and this was the castle that we found that was perfect for oscar because also the way all the the, the ceilings are so high and, and Oscar gets uh, completely... I mean, the low, it was very good to portray his loneliness as he would appear very small in this immensity of these walls and ceilings, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and everything is surrounded, um, all the walls are uh, in wood and they had this huge garden for the other character, obviously. Yeah. The, the garden needs to garden, otherwise it's not realistic, right? So yeah, so so that's how I found it, and then I did a very tough negotiation <laughs> with uh, yeah, at the production um, stage stage with uh, of course with with uh, uh, town hall of that town, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and we got it.
2: <laughs> well, tell him how you, how much you negotiated.
1: Like a lot, like <laughs> I mean, the fee for a day. The, the standard fee for a day to get that, it was about 3,000 euros just for a day. Yeah. <laughs> Which obviously I couldn't pay, you know. Um, and in the end, I got it for about 100 euros because I think they pitied me. <laughs> or they really liked the project, one or, one or the other.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's that's amazing. How many days did you shoot inside?
1: Four. Not many.
2: Four How days? many? Only four. No, not even four full days.
1: Three and a half, right?
2: Three, the last... Um, the last night we pulled an all nighter and slept uh in the chateau. we had to wait till dawn to shoot the last shot, yes. which was uh oh, Jude really the gardener <laughs> the gardener in the garden, gardening in daylight. We had to wait was, for the daylight, so that was, was no just boring. one shot, so it was really three full days, and then one shot oh. the shot of Jude in the garden, which we pulled an all nighter and as soon as the sun rose, we got him gardening with in daylight yeah, but what's amazing is that This is uh, the Chateau d'Anguillon is a historic chateau, which in 1913 burned. There was a fire. And it's like art imitates life because at the end of "For I Am Dead, what happens? The chateau is burned. There's a fire.
0: Spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
2: sorry for. Yeah, sorry. No, totally. no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's uh, sorry for no. the spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> I'm just pointing that out. No, it's so tell. Okay, so you Dominica, um was your DP, and so yeah. so it's it's very interesting lighting design. So I know you probably cheated a little bit, but you have the you have the 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 like natural candlelight. So you're you're always like lighting fire in the candlelight, and then of course in the in the day, light and like the light is coming in from the outside. So it's really interesting kind of like uh, a lighting design because it's always a little, always, everything's always a little bit dark, I guess, right?
1: Yes, the thing is what we did with, with Dominica, we really exchanged lots of steals, um, And also I'm a cinematographer myself, except that I didn't do the cinematography for this film, obviously, but I understand when she, a, you know, when we're discussing together, okay. et cetera. So what we did is we had the uh, big daylight sources, of course, outside. Because the sun, you know, is not enough. You always need to you need to boost it with yeah. some continuous light, with etc. And then inside we had the sky panels, you know, to simulate this candle light set, uh, um, so that because you know with just with the candles it would not be enough to to have enough visibility, you know, to have a, a good shot except that those candles actually, because those were meant to be our key lights to to be more natural inspired by Barry Lyndon, except that we didn't have the the zero stop lenses that he used. So we had to, you know, make compromises. Um, Those candles, I got them custom made from a shop in Belgium uh, with three threads so that they could burn for longer and so that they could light with a bigger flame. Otherwise, with a simple candle in, in two takes, they're already gone and it's incredibly dark. But yes, the idea. So that was the, the, the technical part of, of how we plan the lighting design. But the idea was always that this character, Oscar, he lives in, in, in pain. He, so he must be in the shadows. He must be in the darkness because that's who he is. He's going to come to light. By the no. end, you know, he's going to embrace his own identity. So we always make sure, even if we have like artificial light to to feel uh, for the for the natural candlelight, we always kept it at a minimum, just to have um just to have a bit of uh, visibility all over the shots and not just on the faces otherwise it would be like completely black in just one spot so yeah yeah,
0: it's it's not easy to do like what you you guys pulled it off it was pretty and you got to focus make sure the focus is pulled all the time because you're kind of moving the camera yes
1: yes and also because of that you you know we had a focus puller who did a great job yeah well, actually, it was just Dominica uh, uh, and Joe, who is a was a gaffer, focus puller, first AC, second AC, and that's it. I mean, it was a team of two to do all of that in just three days. I think they did a, just a terrific job.
0: Yeah, it is a great job. So obviously there's a good, there's chemistry too, right? So, so Al's, um, like, so Rigsby and Al's character, need yeah. to have this chemistry for the film to work like we as soon as he walks in in the opening scene like he's posing with the girls and he's dancing but yeah. then as soon as he walks in obviously this is the one he's attracted to and vice versa so where did you yeah. find uh, is it rigsby lane what a great name for an actor where did you find uh him
2: playing? yeah <laughs> I'll uh can I'll explain. That. Um, i'm i um i rigsby was in my acting class um in new york and uh, we had worked on stage where we played. Uh, we did a scene where we played gay lovers in a concentration camp, but we didn't really do the full. We just practiced it in class. We did it. We did the scene in class, but then he, he and his brother are the Lane brothers. They have a production company in Philadelphia. They offered me a role. So one month exactly, uh, For I Am Dead was shot in September 2019 uh six months before the pandemic shutdown in august 2019 i went to philly and acted a completely comedic role in a black comedy that rigsby and his brother whitaker their parents named all their children very interesting names his brother (laughs) whitaker rigsby and whitaker wrote and rigsby also acted in it so i had just acted with rigsby and what happened was patricia had cast another actor who had a conflict, couldn't travel internationally. So she asked me if I could recommend someone who would be good for Jude. And I immediately thought of Rigsby. He's fantastic, as I think in the film. Mm. And so he had a Skype audition from Philadelphia to Brussels. Mm. That's how yes. he got the part. But <laughs> because... the chemistry was there because Rigsby and I uh, are friends, we're good friends, and we had worked together. So we're, we're we're not only friends but we had already worked together and I said to Patricia like I I really would love if Rigsby can be in this because then the chemistry will be natural you know Mm. Mm.
1: so following on that I, I of course trusted the Al's choice for that but I wanted to be sure that he could do the shift in personality because you know the character of you the gardener is like i said before is shifting between the very kind sweet loyal gardener and the death, you know the devil yeah uh, my many names he says so i wanted to make sure that he could do that transition super fast and he nailed it he nailed it so i thought okay good we're good to go bring him over Bring him over <laughs> bring him over
2: yeah he got he nailed his skype audition from philly to brussels <laughs> Yeah,
0: and then, okay, so then, yeah, and then it's just basically well, that that scene, and I guess it's, I don't know, it's, like, the living room, I don't know what you would call it, but it's, like, it's, like, a five-minute scene, and then, of course, there's the reveal where, like, he's sitting on his lap, and then that kind of, like, jumps off the, the second half of the film, but yeah. there is that, chem- like, there's that connection that they have, that kind of, like, Makes the audience emotionally involved. It's like, oh, we can't yes. you know the jury. Ger- we hope that we're hoping for a happy ending, of course, right? Yeah. Well, I
2: want to give Patricia credit. Part of it is the chemistry that Riggsby and I naturally have, but part of it is that Patricia demanded truth. She hates anything fake, yeah. and throughout filming and everything, her the her direction. Most people don't notice direction, you know. Her she's a brilliant director because. She she doesn't want fake acting. She demanded truth. Yeah. But of course, we already had some chemistry, but I have to give credit to Patricia because it's her direction also. She 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 didn't stand for anything artificial or fake in the mm-hmm. acting.
1: Yeah, and I have to give it back to to Alan and Rick because they were both ready to do the work. They were both yeah. ready to expose themselves. They were both ready both ready to to be vulnerable and to show what they have to show, so I really am grateful to the both,
0: yeah, yeah, perfect. And so, were in the was the other the rest of the cast, uh, casted in, in Belgium, or where did you find yes. the rest of the cast?
1: Yes, 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 the the rest of the cast, um, I knew them already, I had worked with them before because I'm, I'm quite active in the filmmaking world here in Brussels, mm-hmm. so I, I did let's say. I didn't run a casting as such, but I knew who would be good for which role. And luckily, they all accepted.
0: (laughs) So So Al did uh, mention the fire, so we we can talk about that. So, like, obviously... I'm just curious how how was was it all CGI or was it real fire like how did you guys pull that off? No, no
1: real fire. They yeah. would never allow real fire yeah, in an 1800s castle. Imagine already to get the candles in was uh, also a tough negotiation because of course you need to have insurance need to make sure Looks you have real fire.
0: that's why i'm asking right so
1: yeah, yeah yeah exactly so what we did obviously it couldn't be a real fire uh, we did a combination of things first we had you know with, with artificial lighting nowadays with um, the sky panels you can simulate the uh fire, fire lighting so this um, uh, dimming up and down with the rhythm of a flame also we had a smoke machine so we were making sure that the smoke would go the closest possible to what a real real is what we do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I already knew I wanted a fire in that in, in, in the last scene, of course. So I shot many of the takes through a mirror wide shot so that I could have the CGI in the back, not very present because I already knew I wouldn't have the budget for a real fire in, to, for a fire to look real in CGI. Yeah. So in a way, it's a mix of lighting, smoke, framing in a smart way so that you suggest the fire, but you don't necessarily have to see it. So mm-hmm. that when you bring in the special effects, they they are as realistic as possible given the budget constraints. So I think it does what it needs to do. It's not a film that is about special effects. It's a film that is in this particular moment about the awakening of oscar yeah uh and that's what i care for you know the 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 fire is just what uh actually it's like like
2: when you're purged you you're purged and then you become who you really are like fire cleanses you're like purged you're you know yeah in my culture right yes fire and water yeah in my culture in iran for persian new year you jump over the fire to, per, to like burn all the be- evil, bad things of the previous year. And then when you're on the other side of the fire, you're cleansed for the Persian new year.
1: Exactly. Like,
2: yeah. So it's I more, about that that the more about that. It's more about
1: the symbolism of, of burning your past, yeah. burning your demons, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: But in a way, it's not a sad ending because he says, you know, I'm finally free. Yeah. I'm finally myself.
0: But he's going he's gonna to die, though,
2: right?
1: Ah, did you ah, see that's him dead? That's,
2: no, we have a fan who truly, one of our biggest fans, who truly believes that Oscar does not die.
1: Yeah. Did you see him dead? You you know, there's no shot of him dead. This is up for interpretation.
0: <laughs> you well, know, it's, you know, like, it's, it's the 1800s, a uh, house is burning, and uh, the himself <laughs> is going to let him make him die, I guess, right? So,
2: <laughs> but the film style is surrealism so maybe the how the fire isn't made real maybe the the house isn't burning okay it's all open to it's it's surrealism you know you
1: know yeah the the actually the, that was because of course i could have made it more explicit but i cut it on at that shot on purpose just to leave this question mark so was that a real fire was that the real death Yes or not? So I think what's that's what's interesting because at the end of the screenings, I often get debates uh, between people of what was the meaning of film, what was the meaning of that, what happened. So and our uh,
0: audience, the the, the the good segue. Our audience said we sent you the audience feedback video from our audience. Exactly. What about our audience had to say. Sorry, say that again. What did you think about? What did you think of, what our Oh, I loved it! About- I
2: loved it! I told Patricia, I love this festival. I love it. The feedback was so different yeah. from every person, but it, it was so helpful to get feedback from just directly from the mouths of yeah. people rather than a written professional review, reviewer.
1: Absolutely. I absolutely love the concept of your festival. The fact you can, yeah, you can, you can have like Alice saying the direct feedback from people. And, and what's interesting to me is like how different it is, right? Like, and, and you wonder, why is this person saying this? And then you get to, in a way, of course, it's just a video, but you get to know them a little bit. You get to put a face on who's watching your film, right? So I love that, <laughs> thank you.
0: So then what did you think about there? Was there any opinion that you like, that's that they're right on, they're right on what my vision is or there's any opinion that like was like, they're so far off, but I love what they had to say because that's what that's the magic of film.
2: Mm. No. nothing was far <laughs> up, but there was one comment about the maid being funny, I like guess. when she turns around. You and I never, do. I had never, I had seen the film, and no one had said that that was comical or that there was any comedy in this film, because <laughs> this film is one thing this com- film doesn't have is comedy. Most films yeah. have at least, but when this one person said that she thought it was really funny when the maid reacts. I thought that's an interesting. Uh, we had never gotten feedback of of anything comedic, but because *For I Am Dead* does not really have comedy. Yes, yeah. yeah.
1: no, but it is true that there is. I'm aware that the maid. Um, I mean, her reactions have a focus in the scene when she's supposed to be a secondary character. But of course, mm-hmm. at the end, she's the one who throws the the flame. So I wanted to you know, kind of highlight her a little bit. And I often get uh, the feedback that why is the maid, you know, why does the maid have a part at all, you know, in that scene? So it's so interesting that somebody commented and picked up on that, you know, like, okay.
0: (laughs) So I I wanted to also mention that there's a nice score, nice sound design in your film. So tell me about uh, the editing process. Well, yes. did you let Al watch the, your dailies? Like, what was the <laughs> what was the process like? She-, she was
2: very generous. She was very generous.
1: Thank you. The thing is, I loved sharing the entire thing with us. I was constantly every every new thing I did, I was sending it to him. What do you think? Should we do it this way or that way? You know, yeah. every new cut. So yeah, yeah, we were very closely collaborating, um, and of course, this is the always what's uh, I always find hard for. It's a very hard thing to do for an actor, you know, to watch a cat and and not see themselves, you know, your own
0: see past your own vanity, right? Like you, it's hard to see that as a like see the see the storytelling and the performance and the plot points that need to be
1: exactly run for the actor,
0: but seeing seeing past what you look like, I guess, right?
1: Exactly, and 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 he did a great job. So he really, of course, he had his comments on his own character, but he really. Uh, put all his energy and all his uh, feedback into trying to make the best film possible, which I appreciate very much. Thank you, all. So, yeah, he supported me all the way through, uh, you know, with all the choices I made and uh, really voicing out uh, what he think worked, what he think needed improvement. And, yeah, we had a... Actually, it was very nice. I really like it. Liked
2: Regarding... Yeah, it was great. Regarding the sound design, I want to say Patricia is a professional sound engineer and in her day job. Oh wow! And um, so the voiceover—the voiceover—I went into her professional voiceover booth, and we—I recorded every line. You know, I read every line, and then the sound designer David Veral, who's brilliant. He said, "This this doesn't sound completely. Am I right, Patricia? Do you yeah, want to yeah. say the story?"
1: Ah, yeah, so, yeah, of course. Okay. You want to go ahead?
2: Uh, so what? But David said is. This does. This sounds a little bit artificial. Like you did it. You shot did the voiceover in the studio. Um, Let's redo it in the chateau with the boom mic. So Patricia said, "Quiet on the set, everybody, hush." (laughs) Uh, I was gonna do the voiceover. So David held the boom mic right under my, you know, mouth, and I read every single voiceover line like straight in a row in the chateau with all the cast and crew present
1: and the thing is what's interesting there is that of course the recording we got at the studio was much cleaner in terms of quality was much cleaner you know this was a professional record and so on (sighs) however the texture the truth like i was saying that we got on location right after shooting the scene where of course Al could still feel the the, the reminiscence of the, of the of the performance that he just did and the the fact that he was a bit you know, not perfect in terms of technicality was so magical. So in the end, I decided to use this take and not the, the clean one that I had done in the studio. you know, it was much more organic, much more alive alive, you know, so that was excellent. so, so yes, yeah, so that was one part. Then we did a lot of folly that David that, that did. Even there's lots of um, um, small sounds, you know, like the blowing of the smoke, like the gardening uh, movements. He yeah. did all of that and he used his own um, breath actually to emulate those sounds. Just to let so that you
2: know that um, the garden scene, which was our last shot, the sound, yeah. uh, the sound guy had already left, uh, He left, he had gone home.
0: So, our
2: actor that was shot MOS without sound. So, all the sounds of the guard in the garden he did in post production. Yeah,
1: he did all of them, he created all of them.
2: (laughs) And also, I do want to say, um, with regarding the music, um, when Patricia had sent me the rough cut and there was no music, and then she got a fantastic composer, Tom Bourgeois, who created a beautiful original score for this film. But it took me a while to get used to it. Uh, but then now I'm like, wow, this is a haunting, beautiful score, yeah. which adds so much to the film. And yeah. he works a lot, right, Patricia? He works a, a oh lot.
1: Yes, he's super active. He's a jazz a musician and also a composer for films. And yeah, he's, uh, he's always booked. <laughs> he's really, really good. And he has a, sp- a very particular style. That's why I wanted him. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially what we did, because we also recorded during the pandemic, so we had to do it. <laughs> in his basement
0: <laughs> yeah no, i know it's just such an interesting film like because you guys kind of talked about there's like a supernatural or element there's obviously lgbtq community it's a period piece it's a drama it's a little bit like the it's a ha- haunting scores a little bit so you're kind of mixing a lot of uh genres and a lot of like kind of like topics which is and then it's like and people will can come up with their own conclusions too. There's not, like you said, a defined ending. So there's a lot of it's a gutsy film in a lot of ways, and, and you pulled it off. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Patricia's
2: a gutsy woman. Yeah. I call her I call her a superwoman. And also <laughs> our DP Dominica. They worked so P- Dominica yeah. and Patricia met in LA. And we all like we we basically slept at Patricia's um home and thank, <laughs> she let us. It was it like, was like a film
1: camp for one yeah. Film way.
2: camp. <laughs> yeah. Rigsby and I were on air mattresses next to each other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but yeah, like you said, it's really a. Uh, it, it were there were loads of obstacles and one thing going the wrong way would have mean that would have meant that probably the film wouldn't have been made the way I dreamt it you know we go back to the script but I was so lucky that okay it cost loads of uh you know hard work and uh, sleep deprivation and surprises and uh yeah too much to do but in the end I'm happy that the result is what I wanted it to be so
2: Everybody who worked on this film knew each other, like the guy, the gaffer who did every five jobs. That that guy I had worked with on a feature film in New York, but he's French. He had moved back to Paris. So he just took a train from Paris and he did the job of five, five, yeah, five five people. Five people. (laughs) Yeah, we all we all knew each other. It was a very tight, close. Patricia knew all the actors except for she hadn't met Rigsby. But she let us rehearse. She gave us the luxury of rehearsing on Skype for months before we went to Belgium. Mm -hmm. And she gave us two days of rehearsal in her apartment before we went to the Chateau, which was a big help for acting wise.
0: Yeah. So I'm assuming you guys are going to work together again then. I hope so
2: i hope so i mean it's 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 patricia's in belgium and i i'm a huge fan i'm her number one fan i just <laughs> i just have to you know pray to god <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll make it work uh, you know i love uh, new york Brooklyn. you know that and i i can see myself going back there or you coming back here and we'll we'll we figured
2: something out. <laughs> well, I've made I've gotten Patricia a cult following in New York and Brooklyn. So she's kind of like <laughs> kind of semi cult famous here. So <laughs> everybody wants to work with Patricia. That's the Lucas in New York.
0: <laughs> well, congratulations again. It was great talking to you guys. Like, I wish you the best of luck with this film. And I'm like, I'm, I'm assuming we'll talk again when you make your next film.
2: Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. One, two, three, four, five.